Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's Andre here at Tennis and Bagels Podcast. Um, the podcast about tennis, <laughs> but from a perspective of uh, not a journalist, just an enthusiast. Um, so uh, what you can get from here is essentially um, basic stuff, basic news, and mostly focused on the entertainment aspect, like the things that's kind of like not behind the scenes. Um, and just kind of like really just giving my opinions about like what I think is um, a good experience for uh, the spectator, the tennis fan, and in every aspect from uh, players and matches to the uh, social media platforms and uh, other things that they have, such as the website and uh, appli- applications and stuff like that. So let's get this started. Um, uh, last time I've uh, mentioned that I didn't really have much of a structure uh, at the end of my podcast so I came up with like a little bit of a thing and so what you can expect maybe for today's episode is going to be kind of a it's going to be kind of like divided in a weekly recap first uh well I'll just mention what happened last week um in both the ATP and WTA events second will be just news just regular news and doesn't involve necessarily just um well last week recap because last week recap has already its own section so that's that um, then I'm going to mention a little bit of uh, the tournament of the week and just kind of like talk a little bit about it. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, then follow up with predictions for the tournament of the week and maybe for next tournament and the season that we're at right now, like the sub-season. So right now we're just kind of like are in the uh, hardcore season in North America. There's two of them. The second one is in the US Open uh, season, kind of. Um, right about August to September and uh, last one last th- section of this podcast will be just regular uh, just other comments that I just kind of like didn't really feel like putting in uh, like a subsection of its own just kind of me talking about like whatever things that I think could be better or comments you see you see that like, I'll get to the end and I'll just make my comments so let's start it Let's start this one now with the weekly recap, then. Um, there were no ATP tournaments last week, only challengers. Um, but there were um, WTA tournaments, two of them international, which kind of at the same level, the 250 tournaments, so like the lowest tier uh, at the ATP Tour. So um, the main uh, winners last week were... Sofia Kennan and uh, Elena, Elena Svitolina, who have been kind of struggling 
um, since the beginning of the year. Svitolina is actually a player which whom, which whom like a player who you'd expect to do well most of the time because she's she has been indicated as kind of like probably the best current player without a slam a grand slam, and Kenan is actually the current Australian Open champion. But she has been on a before last week. She was in a three-match losing streak, which means that she went through like a couple of weeks without a single win because that's what happens in tennis. If you lose one match, you're out of the tournament and that's it. Unless you're in a qualifier and then you lose and then you may get a lucky loser card, so then you can play the main draw. But that's you don't count with those. Like it, they they happen. So yeah, and they they won, but they was not easy wins they didn't get easy wins at all last week what they what happened is that they got um i just got lost in my thoughts for every reason i do have all down like all written down in front of me but i still get lost in my thoughts any anyhow um so canon had to win four straight matches in three sets which is a very long time to play and not necessarily convincing but from snapping a three-match losing streak, that's kind of uh, what you kind of would expect from people to do. And the good thing about it is that she's demonstrating a lot of fighting spirit, which is great because she's kind of like bouncing back from winning the Australian Open and just kind of like losing. So lots of players can get to, through this process and be like, what's going on? And they just kind of like drop a level and they just kind of like never really do anything much after that. So it happens very often, but it's good to see that she is not... In, in that position. In fact, she's just risen to career high number four after this tournament. So only positives from her. And another thing that happens in, in her um, tournament route to victory is that she actually managed to save a match point. So she saved a match point, I guess, in the second or third round um, and went on to win the tournament. And I watched the highlights and uh, she was playing well. She was... Well, she was hitting, she was hitting well. She was moving well, and maybe it was just a matter of confidence in the beginning, and maybe even in the final, where she lost the second set. So we'll see. Maybe Indian Wells would be a good point for her to bounce back and just kind of like try to get her her feet on the ground and just trying to get some important wins and see if she can go deep in the tournament. And honestly, same for Svitolina. She has not been doing well at all in the past few months or so and she dropped out of the top five but she just came back in with the win and uh, she had to um, win the the final match at least in uh, three hours so that's a very long three set match it's not normally that way like you can finish those matches normally finish in maybe an hour actually not maybe an hour, maybe two hours and sometimes under that even if it's in a three set match so yeah, so three-hour match is a very long time. So she should be really happy that um, Indian Wells doesn't start until Thursday and she gets a bye, so she doesn't play the first round. Um, of uh, she doesn't well, she doesn't play the first the first round in the tournament, so she probably will just play maybe on Saturday. So she gets a whole week of rest after after that. So that's pretty good for her. And and the men's side there was a challenger tournament, which is not. In the official ATP Tour tournament, it's actually an ATP Challenger in the, in the ATP Challenger Tour. So it's kind of like a different tour, which is a tournaments that pay much less money and they commit to ab- about like one hundred fifty thousand dollars max. Whereas like an ATP 
250 tournament, like, I don't know, maybe $500,000, I, I want to say. So th that's a big difference. And they don't give, they give as much as like 160 points, I guess, in the, in the, in the rankings. Whereas for NTP 250, you guessed, you guessed it, it's 250 points if you win the tournament. So, um, but the challenger was like surprisingly good. There was actually a lot of good players playing in it. Um, and it ended with uh, Steve Johnson beating Jack Sock. Um, and uh, I always find his name like a little interesting. It's just like literally Sock, S-O-C-K. But I'm, well, I don't like to make fun of people's names ever. So I'm, I'm just going to leave it at that. Maybe you can just forget this piece of information that I ever said that. So, um, and uh, speaking of funny names, ironically, Yannick Sinner. That's actually his name, S-I-N-N-E-R. He's Italian, uh, so he he didn't do very well in this tournament, though. And he's a 19-year-old, he's a extremely gifted player, and uh, people really think that he's going to go really far um, in his career. He's going to win big tournaments. I think so, too. Honestly, he seems pretty good and, like, really solid. But he did lose in, like, whatever, the third round. Um, and... Uh, I think my guess is that he didn't really want to... He was just kind of, like, feeling it out and just, just didn't really want to commit too much to a challenger tournament. So he could maybe try to do his very, very best in the official Indian, Indian Wells tournament, the first Masters 1000 of the year. So it's a big tournament, gives 1,000 points in the in the rankings. Uh, just to give some perspective, a Grand Slam gives 2,000 points. And it's the only type of tournament that is higher than uh, Masters 1000s, both in the um, WTA and the ATP. And just the ATP, the uh, WTA tournament is named differently. It's just kind of like a premier mandatory, lame name. But that's, that's how it goes. And that's kind of all that, all that really happened last week, not much. Um, so move on to news, the news section. Um, I haven't really figured out how to present things. I'm not going to put a little lame song every time I change the section, so um, let's just move on. <laughs> I'm not a very funny guy. Um, so in, in terms of news, this is what we've got. Nadal could become the number one next week. I think by the only the, the thing that he needs to do is win the tournament, essentially, and Djokovic can get to the semifinals. If he, get, if he does get to the semifinals, Djokovic, Nadal cannot become number one yet. But that's that's a cool thing to know that um, the battle for number one is very much alive and is not just kind of like a player dominating with like 6,000 points of difference, which is kind of something that almost happened like a couple of years ago. Actually, I think it happened. Like, I feel like um, Djokovic led by maybe 5,000 points at some point, uh, maybe in 2011 or 15. It, it was pretty brutal, so... To see a battle like this is kind of really fun to watch because he makes players really go for it. So, I don't know. And we'll see. Like, normally players dismiss it and just be like, oh, yeah, I'm not really eyeing number one. I just kind of want to play well. You never know. Is this true? Or they're just kind of, like, playing the um, the card so that they kind of actually just kind of, just kind of, like, trying to convince themselves of not, not trying to think about it because I think it's kind of hard not to want to think about it. Like, if you're number one in the world, it's pretty meaningful meaningful so yeah and uh another big news 
was the fact that Murray, Andy Murray, um, who was, he's been like in and out in terms of like how is he going to play, is he not going to play, how long is he going to be out, and uh, news has been um, just kind of every day, you could kind of like expect something different, but it seems like he wants to come back for Miami, which is a tournament that goes right after Indian Wells. I think Indian Wells finishes next Sunday, and Miami starts on the Thursday after. So, like a solid three weeks. I'm bad at math, so I'm not really going to do this. I could just pull out a calendar, but I, I'm too lazy as well. So, that's how things go. Murray... I really want him to come back. He's really fun to watch, and as I said many times, I, I think he really deserves to go down. Um, not to go down, but like to retire playing in, in on his own terms, as they say, um, and not just kind of because he had to just put it like a, an abrupt stop in his, his stop in his career just because of injury. I think it would be really sad for him and. I feel it. I kind of like feel it. I want to say that I feel it in my heart that he, that he can still win a Grand Slam. <laughs> I don't know if that is true. I don't know if he Andy Murray thinks this is true. I don't know if anybody in the world thinks this is true. But I want to think this is true. I want to think that Andy Murray can still win a Grand Slam because I really like him. I really like him as a person, as a player, as a person though, the person that I see. Not that I obviously I don't know him at all. Um, and I don't feel like I want to exactly know him. Like, I mean, I want to leave things as they are. Just kind of everybody in their own um, zone and whatever. So um, that, that's, that's it for Murray. Maybe I just said too much about myself in there. But <laughs> um, this podcast is turning really weird this time. Maybe this structure wasn't the best thing. <laughs> um, but anyway, let's keep going. The... Other piece of news that is actually quite important um, is because of the coronavirus, a lot of things are being affected by it, and uh, sports are not exception. Are no exception to this. Like people are still in danger. Like sports are not happening in an alternate version of the universe. Um, so. They have to stop, and the most remarkable one currently is in Italy, uh, as they uh, had to cancel all sporting events until April, according to a guy that I follow on Twitter called Jose Morgado. Um, he's Portuguese. He's a Portuguese journalist, and he's actually really good. He has like a ton of nice statistics, and I seriously just essentially get all of my news. From Twitter, like all the stuff that is here, I, I'm pretty sure I got them from Twitter, except for maybe from the fact that Nadal can become number one. I'm, I got this from uh, maybe Instagram, but I also went to the website, so that is the thing that I know. Uh, but yeah, all of the stuff is um, that I'm getting is from Twitter. So if you go to Twitter, you follow the right people, uh, you can get, you can know as much as I know about tennis. So. Um, what else? Oh yeah, so um, Indian Wells also is going to be affected uh, as the the tournament will go on as regularly, like it will happen. Nothing will change except for the fact that now ball boys who are kind of, they essentially are there to serve the players in almost every way possible. Uh, they will grab their balls and toss them to them. They will 
grab their towels as well and they can also i think get uh water bottles but i'm not entirely sure so the towel par part of um, their job will be no longer so they will not handle the towels of the players anymore um, neither for the WTA or for the ATP. There was a joint statement, which apparently is very rare, as per Ben Rothenberg, another guy that I follow on Twitter. Um, and uh, so, yeah, that's the touching the player's towel. It's probably a little nasty, honestly. Like they they're super sweaty, and they use the towels to actually like wipe out the sweat from their hands and from their faces. So yeah, that's that's that. And so, yeah, ball boys and ball girls won't have to do that anymore. The players will have to do it themselves. I, I think they'll have to wear gloves as well, like the ball boys and ball girls. Like, uh, I didn't, I don't quite remember. There's a statement also on Twitter. Um, and another thing is that it's going to be a bummer for people who are watching um, is the fact that players won't be able to give autographs to people by with the um with their own pants so if i if i were to be on stadium and i had my 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 little um sharpie pen and i had like my huge tennis ball that is serves all, the only purpose of being for autographs or you can also play soccer with it but um if i give him my tennis my gigantic tennis ball and my sharpie pen they cannot they're instructed to not um pick up that pen so they will not be able to give those autographs. I honestly think they won't be giving giving autographs at all after this because if the pen is a thing, like what what's to say that every other uh, piece of thing that I give to them, they can touch. I mean, they probably won't be giving autographs at all, which is really lame. It's really sad for people who are there. I myself got autographs before and it's kind of like a fun feeling and it's, it is really hectic. It's awful. Like people are screaming super loud and it's, those people are superstars. It, it, we sometimes we don't think of them that way, but they are superstars, and people want to. People need to be separated from them by like massive um, security guards. It's 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 a it's a tough thing. Oh, I actually have a very interesting story about like how I got an autograph from Rafael Nadal, um, which I will tell another day. But um, yeah, so that's that's the thing. I'm pretty sure people won't get autographs at all uh, during. Also. Uh, players, since they cannot even touch the pens, and I'm assuming not anything else, they are also not tossing out their towels and shirts and maybe rackets and headbands, you name it. They, anything that they are wearing or that kind of like belongs to them, they won't be able to just give to the crowd because they normally do. They would do that like um, after a match is over, the winner is mostly... <coughs> oh, sorry. The winners they just kind of like give um, those kind of like things to to um, they just toss them on the crowds. They give they take out take out their wristbands and towels and just kind of like toss it out. And whoever gets it gets like a a piece of a thing that they got. I mean, it's it's a cool thing that they do. It's a little it's a little gross, <laughs> but. Well, that that's that, and they do that, and I'm pretty sure lots of people are really happy about it, but they won't be able to get those things anymore. So, like, players won't do that anymore, at least for the time being, at least in Indian Wells. I don't know if this is going to keep going during Miami and other other tournaments, but that's what's happening in Miami, right, in, in Indian Wells right now. So, we'll see. 
about the coronavirus and how much it's going to spread and how what other measures are going to be taken by organizations because uh something that maybe we're not so aware of right now but we will be made very aware soon is the tokyo tokyo olympics are coming and if coronavirus is still like in um, this massive outbreak and people are like panicking about it and the governments are still like in crisis management mode who knows what's going to happen like who knows what what effects is this going to have on the on the olympics on the olympic games as a whole like i mean i don't who, it's it's a, it's a huge variable it's huge in it's a huge mystery honestly like it, it just we just don't know what's what's going to happen and that's that's it for the news that i have for today um so i'm moving on to the tournament of the week i really feel like i'm doing this really fast but in, in all honesty that's mostly how i speak i guess and i don't know this is this is how it's going to be maybe i'll change it afterwards i'll reassess my ways of uh, recording my podcast but currently this is this is my style so bear with me <laughs> and follow um keep up that's kind of what i wanted to see to say keep it up guys um tournament of the week obviously as i said many times it's indian wells but the tournament uh isn't until thursday so technically we have this kind of gap i'm pretty sure that there is um there are challengers and other smaller tournaments happening because not every player gets to play in indian wells because there is a there is a qualifier to the qualifying tournament, I think, and there is a t- qualifying tournament to get into the main draw, which is a, uh, want to say, sixty-four people, something like that. So maybe no, actually, uh, ninety-six people draw. Um. Uh. So yeah, that's that's that. Um. That's a lot of people to play, but there is thousands of players around the world and thousands of people like aspiring to become professional players and not all of them are get to be as as good or whatever so small smaller tournaments are always around so um there's probably one this week but i I don't really care about it (laughs) because i mean normally in those tournaments the um the quality of tennis isn't quite as high so it's a little bit boring to watch to be perfectly honest and it's sad but true <laughs> so yeah um the only reason why i talked about the challenger last week is because he actually had some really really good players and even though sock who, who i've mentioned is the made, made made it to the final um he was actually on a massive losing streak i think he he didn't get to win a tennis match in the atp tour for like a year and a half that's that's a very long time this guy is like a former top 10 player um so the fact that he made it the finals is actually a pretty big thing to him so that's why i mentioned him um so yeah but that was a very particular challenge that i mentioned um i probably wouldn't have mentioned it uh if weren't for twitter so thanks twitter again so yeah uh what is since there is no draws yet because Tournaments is still up on Thursday, so I think the draws are coming out. I want to say on Wednesday. That's probably when they're coming out, like the official draws. 
without the qualifier the qualifiers but um since the draw isn't out like this is kind of like the only thing that i have to say it's kind of what i really want to uh happen in this tournament is the fact the only thing that i really truly want to see is a novak Djokovic and rafael nadal final that's essentially the only thing because they've been playing playing extremely well lately nadal played incredibly well at, in acapulco uh two weeks ago and he was just crushing those forehands down the line so it's a match that i kind of really really want to see Djokovic also just won in dubai as well and he was got a pretty convincing win he did have to save match point against uh Gael Monfils who was playing very well so I hope he keeps it up and plays in the wells like I don't even know like is his last tournament of his life and he needs to win that I don't know uh because he's a super entertaining player I really like watching him play but honestly I really want to see an uh, Djokovic Rafa Nadal final and it would be even more exciting if Either or would be number one right after it, so that's not going. That's not what's the what's going to be set up, but it's still going to be really fun to see. Uh, because maybe if they do both make the final, and suppose Nadal wins, I think that there is a possibility that he becomes number one, maybe in Miami, depending on the results. So we'll see that. So from a completely biased and entertainment point of view, I really don't care about the next gen. Um, in this tournament right now, I just really want to see that Djokovic Nadal final. That's that's all I want. That's really really all I want because it's gonna be really fun. Um, but you never really know. Like on the Grand Slams, it's kind of a they become just extremely heavy favorites. It's almost they're almost unbeatable in Grand Slams. But when it comes to Masters one thousands, it's it's less obvious. It's not it's not as a it's not as set in stone that this is going to happen. Even though in the Grand Slams, it's, it's not obviously set in stone, but it's what has been happening this whole time. And it's probably because of the uh, five-set match um, format, best-of-five-set uh, format. Um, but you, you never really know. So, yeah, that's it. That's that's it for um, Indian Wells. And the last thing I want to mention is that Kim Clijsters, who just came back from retirement again, um, she got a wild card so she will enter the main draw um without having to go through qualifier because her ranking isn't high to actually go into the main draw so she would need to play the uh, qualifier tournaments but she doesn't have to because she got a wild card so she's into the main draw and she has been hitting the ball really well she has gotten some really good timing she's not exactly match fit right now but she is going to be i'm assuming like maybe by the the end the I don't know June or July I think she'll be able to get like some tournaments some tournament wins uh, maybe not like a full tournament uh, crown or whatever she probably won't win like a tournament but win a couple matches here and there and who knows maybe she can do really well in Indian Wells this week maybe the conditions will favor her um, which by the way is something that I just kind of like mess around like when I say like the conditions will favor her. I, it's because I know that for the players it makes a big difference whether the climate is dry or humid or really hot or really cold not really cold because there's a limit to how cold it gets but the ball goes slightly faster when it's drier so that makes a difference for uh, the professional players probably not so much if you're playing like 
like me, like just kind of like the neighborhood uh, tournament. But for the players, it does make a huge difference because for them, probably every microsecond of uh, speed that they can get is the difference between winning and losing, between an ace and a double fall, something like that. So um, that's that's that. We'll see what she does. Uh, since she hits really hard and she's not really moving well, maybe dry conditions will, will actually favor her and she'll be able to hit when there's pass players much easier. We'll see. Um, and just to wrap it up, this episode has actually been quite... hasn't been that long, actually. I've been looking at it here and it seems like it's um less than 30 minutes so that's good because my intention is in the beginning of doing this podcast i want to do this in under 20 minutes but i i think i just love tennis too much so i just want to speak for hours about it and that's probably one of the reasons why i'm rushing as well it's because i really don't want to make this podcast like an hour and a half type of thing because yeah <laughs> yeah that's yeah there's really no reason why would i why why i would do that so that's it. Um, I'll be finishing off this episode with uh, my last section, which is my comment, my comments, which is essentially my me commenting on just essentially anything, just giving my opinion, and just being completely in whatever. Uh, me being a um, consumer of tennis, and I want to say my thoughts about it. And I am a very enthusiastic player about, uh, not enthusiastic player, but enthusiastic spectator. And I really would like to watch everything, but I can't. But I watch as much as I can and I consume a lot of tennis. Um, whether if it's just like checking uh, results or just watching a lot of highlights. Sometimes I get to um, be up at 3 a.m. watching a final in Australia or in China. That happens. Um, so yeah, this is the type of person I am. But yeah, from my perspective, uh, here's my comment number one is congratulations for the ATP to, to the ATP for making an app that is functioning. Finally, like the app has constantly rated like two stars on the Google Play Store and I think on the iTunes Store as well. Is it still called iTunes Store? Whatever. I think it's just the App Store that they call it. But anyway, um, so for... A long time, the app was just poorly made, poorly uh, placed. I think the strategy was just kind of like, I just put something out there and people are going to come in the reviews and we're just going to be able to adjust as we go. I don't, I don't know what's the point of doing that. They're, um, they're obviously a multi-million dollar organization. Um, they handle one of the biggest sports in the world and there's no reason why they're app would suck but it did for the longest and that's why lots of lots of people are really um mad about but finally as i've been using it lately um it's it seemed to be it seems to be functioning like i mean i it's it's silly to say it but i tap on the things and things happen like before i would tap on things and it would take a while just the app would just be poorly designed so you wouldn't be able to actually access things but now I know where things are and that's important and I tap on things and things happen so my experience is not uh hindered by unresponsiveness of the app itself which is something that you would think it's um obvious and the first thing they should do is like have your buttons do stuff that was not exactly what was happening in the ATP so 
congratulations ATP for catching up with the 21st century. Um, uh, a comment uh, about the WTA is not as good. Maybe it's just me being picky, but as an enthusiast, I like to know things and I do researching and I do research also for this podcast too. So it would help me a lot if the ATP would tag the players in their articles. Then here's the thing. While this seems picky, if you just think, oh, it's just a name, I can just go and type it in the uh, search bar. A lot of those players, they come from different countries which have um, very different names uh, in very different languages. So sometimes I just can't quite grasp the spelling just by hearing a name or just by like looking at it once. And it's tough to just go and type a name, just kind of like, is it written with a Z? Is it with, a, with an S? Is it with a K or a CK? Or I don't know, it's, it's not as obvious as it is, as, as it looks, as it seems. <clears throat> so I really would like them to tag the players in the articles um, so that I could click on the player and just go immediately to their page and see their career high ranking or how many titles they have won. And a lot of stats that are basically useless for other people, except for me, they're really important um, because I love tennis and I just say <clears throat> that it is important. It is important because I say so. That's uh, number one marketing rule. If the customer thinks it's important, it is important. Um, so, yeah. And another thing for a bad commenting comment about the ATP is why would they not display the challenger tournament scores on the app? So they have a living, a living, they have a live score app, which is separate from the um, ATP app. Um, so it's an ATP WTA live or something that I think that's, that's what it's called. Lots of people use it. I've seen it on Twitter many times as well. So it's just really practical, really doesn't doesn't consume a lot of data. It is extremely basic and to the point. Like you, you get what you you get what you get. Like it's 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 very straightforward. It doesn't give like tons of like um, things. Like it's it's live scores and and that's it. Um, so it has a it has an option for a calendar in which they show. You can select to have uh, the challenger tour. Um, displaying so you can see the dates when is the next challenger tour and whatnot but when you go into um, current tournaments the um, this the section where you can actually type on uh, tap on the tournament and you get to see the matches that are being played and schedule and etc they don't show the challenger tour so they don't show the challenger that I just mentioned uh, in the beginning of this podcast it's it's not present in the in the live match section and i think they sh it should be like i mean i could be i should be able to i don't know either hide it if i don't want to see them or just see them and just kind of like not tap on them like uh, i feel like that, that would be um a good thing for me to, to see and challengers are interesting in the fact that they're there's a lot of them like there's way more challenger t uh, tournaments than there are hkb tournaments and they happen everywhere in the world, like all year round. So um, it would be good for me to know that there is a live, there is a tournament happening next to me. Say if I just want to watch it, like watching it live is a completely different experience than watching it online. And it's much more engaging. You can actually 
feel how much faster the, the guys, the pros play. And it changes your perspective as well on the fact that even though their players ranked normally outside the top 100 and people like that, they're still hit the ball really hard and they're still professional. So they are great players. They are players that you probably will never be able to play with in your entire life. So they're definitely the top of the game in the world. So being being ranked um, inside the top 100 is a, is, a, is a feat in itself. Like being number one in top 10, it's it's essentially ridiculous. Like we, we lose perspective of how difficult that is because, you know, we're essentially just looking at those guys, but there are so many more people playing and they play at such a high level. So being able to go to a challenger and see the players going at it and just playing their best, it's, it's really fun too. And as I said, it's because of the live experience. It changes your perspective and you're more engaged in it. So I will. I really wish the ATP would give a little bit more um, visibility to the Challenger Tour. Maybe it would get a lot of people uh, interested in in just going and, and watching because it's still like a, a good a good event and it's much cheaper. So people would be able to like, for example, here there's a there's a couple of challengers in in Quebec. There's only one tournament, one the official ATP tournament here, which is in Montreal. I'm lucky about that because I live in Montreal. But there's uh, it kind of alternates between Montreal, Toronto, between the WTA and the ATP. Um, but there is also challenger tournaments happening um, around my area. So had I known about those, maybe I would have gone before. Um, so and we got some nice players coming uh, from Canada, players that being in Canada and following Tennis Canada and stuff like that. I do know them so it would be good to see them and just kind of like cheer for for the canadian players um so yeah i feel like there's a little bit of a fail from the atp side wta actually does put the um their challenger tournaments it's obviously a different totally different naming scheme which for me is a little weird but they call them international 125k series which means that they're committed to a total of 125 thousand dollars which is essentially the entire, the all the paychecks that they play to players at the end of the tournament will equal $125,000. It doesn't mean that the winner is going to get $125,000. The winner, in fact, in fact gets uh, about, I want to say like $30,000, which is still a lot, but it drops significantly. And last last piece of comment I will give, I'll give is how... How the WTA actually pays their players better, and it's probably not something that matters for most people, but for the players it, it does. Like the they pay, I think, twice as much money in the first round. Um, so yeah, maybe if the ATP wants to give play, their players more opportunity to um, fill up the courts and give more uh, uh, opportunities to players to be able to give. 10 is a shot because it's an expensive uh, it's an expensive profession as well like you you have to travel around the world and stuff and you have to buy your equipment and it's not it's not cheap so maybe maybe that would drive a little bit more players um to be able to have a life out of uh to make a life out of tennis 
And who knows, maybe those players would actually have more breakthroughs and that would be more challenger, more challenging matches for the top players as well. Like, you never really know. So all in the name of trying to get more fun for spectators like me. So, yeah, that's... And that essentially concludes all of my uh, my talking for today. And um, I hope my structure was well was well executed. I was hoping that would make it, make things shorter, but I think I ended up making things longer um, because now I can kind of like sec- make sections of things, so it makes me feel like a little bit more comfortable to talk them. So I'll, I'll still like work on that and like see if I can make my episodes about half an hour long max and like or maybe around it because um, right now I'm pretty sure I'm going at almost 40 minutes so yeah to save your time listening to me speaking more nonsense I will end this episode right now thanks for listening and thanks for all the people on the uh, Facebook page that I created thanks for all my friends who liked it you're probably my only audience right now so Keep sharing if you would like to. I probably should say this in the beginning because by now I probably lost 90% of you. So, uh, yeah, if you came all the way here, listen to this message. Share my stuff with people that you know like tennis or like sports. They often like tennis as well. So, yeah, thanks so much for listening and have a great week. I'll see you next Monday or Tuesday. Um, Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.